you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series DJ and Nostradamus slash Bucky uh, here for our Takeaway podcast. Buck, what's going on, man? Not too much. Great day of football. You never know. When you think you know, you've realized you just don't know much at all. Yeah, no, look, it was tough today just to narrow this down to our 10 takeaways, but we're able to do it. And I say, let's not let's not fool around. Let's just jump right into this thing. The number one, we always start with the Sunday night game. And uh, the Giants, uh, that's a unit that has a little bit of pride. Simeon takes the shotgun snap, and he's back to throw. He throws it underneath. Pass intercepted by Jack Rabbit. He's to the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Giants. 44 yards for Jack Rabbit. Janoris Jenkins with the pick six there, a.k.a. the Jack Rabbit. Hey, Buck, how surprised were you? The Giants get their first win, and they did it with a, a collection of receivers that uh, they just picked up off the street. I, I, I just didn't think that they would be able to find a way to score points. Um, when you think about their top three receivers being out the mix, OBJ, Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, uh, only really having a, a, a guy that you could build around in Evan Ingram, for them to be able to be effective on offense was a surprise. But what I like about what the Giants were able to do, they committed to running the ball. Early, Orleans Darkwa had over 100 yards, had 21 carries. They only threw the ball 19 times with Eli Manning. And because they were able to be conservative and balanced, they did a really, really good job of being able to play complimentary football, which is the way they need to play going forward. Yeah, you get a, that's the that's a recipe there. You get a defensive score. And defensively, I thought their front got after it pretty pretty good. I think the JPP had a hat trick in this game. Um, they got after that Denver offensive line. Remember the Denver offensive line we saw play against the Dallas Cowboys and and got kind of excited. I thought this might be a you know this might be one of the more complete teams in the NFL. Along the line of scrimmage in this game, a team they should have handled, uh, especially going up against that that New York offensive line, did not happen. A little disappointed in what we saw from the Broncos. Yeah, I am really disappointed by what I saw from the Broncos. But I knew anytime you have Trevor Simeon throwing the ball 50-plus times, um, that's not the game plan that they want to be able to execute. They couldn't necessarily run the ball to the – 
effectiveness and efficiency level that they wanted. And so because of that, they put Trevor Simeon in the bind and made him throw into the teeth of the Giants' defense. Um, I think one other thing that will come out of this game, Ben McAdoo handed off the play-calling duties to Mike Sullivan. And I've always believed that it's a challenge for a play-caller to also be the head coach, particularly when you're a new head coach. And I think Ben McAdoo realized by handing it over to the O.C., he needed to manage the entire team. He needed to be the guy that was in tune with all three facets of the team, and he was able to make good decisions. Because of that, I think the Giants played better. It will be interesting to see if they continue to allow someone else to call the plays, and he acts as the overseer to make sure that he can manage the game as a head coach. No, I think that's a great point. Also in this game, Manuel Sanders getting hurt. We'll see the severity of that here. Uh, maybe by the time you listen to this, we might know, but uh, find that out here pretty soon. What his deal is did not look good uh, with lower leg injury for him. All right, that's our first topic. What do we got number two here, Buck? You know, I think the big thing in Green Bay is how severe is the injury to Aaron Rodgers? Another drop for Martellus Bennett. slow to get up, Wayne. And he's down. Rodgers down on his back, back near the 30-yard line. Yeah, that, did, that didn't sound good, Buck. No, it definitely didn't sound good. And then the results obviously weren't good. You talk about a broken collarbone. It's the second time that he's broken his collarbone. Did it once before in 2013. This one could sideline Rodgers out for the rest of the season. That means it is time to get Brent Hundley up and ready. Can the Packers continue to be a viable contender with an inexperienced quarterback? Yeah, how about the, the irony in that one, too? You've got Anthony Barr injuring Aaron Rodgers, which hands the job to his college teammate uh, and Brett Hundley taking over. We talked about Brett Hundley, though. You know, We're talking about the Jags. You know, all this talk about the Jags and veteran quarterbacks. We were advocating during training camp, like, hey, if you're Jacksonville, why wouldn't you just call Green Bay and maybe test the waters on Brett Hundley? Turns out the Packers were wise, even if they did get any calls, not to field them because they've got a nice insurance policy here. But uh, I like Brett Hundley. I think Brett Hundley is going to do well. That was a tough, tough uh, game to get tossed into, the Minnesota game. Uh, had a couple picks, which were spectacular plays uh, there by the uh, by the Minnesota Vikings. But I think they're going to be okay. They'll adjust. I think you'll see a little bit more zone read and see him uh, use his legs a little bit. But I wouldn't just uh, completely disregard the season here for the Packers. No, the one thing we do know about the Green Bay Packers, he will look much better going forward than he did today. Today was the toughest day because he was really playing a game plan that wasn't tailored to the strengths of his game. I think you'll see Mike McCarthy and the rest of these coaching staff really do a good job of building a game plan that allows Brent Hundley to be the best Brent Hundley that he can be. And because of that, I still believe the Packers can win some games. I don't think they're the contender that they once was, but I do believe they have an opportunity to um, be in the mix a little bit. Um, I think they can make a run, maybe get to 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, I think they're a pretty good solid for them. All right, before we move on to the next point, real quick, I was just, just jotted this down. You could make a case, right? Best wide receiver in the NFL, Odell Beckham, he's out. The best running back in the NFL, David Johnson, he's out. The best quarterback in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, he's out. Best defensive lineman in the NFL, J.J. Watt, he's out. Best safety in the NFL, Eric Berry, he's out. Man, we have seen some star players go down early in the season. Absolutely. We've seen a ton of guys suffer injuries that have kind of changed the course and the plight of their teams. It's unfortunate, but it's the way of the life of the National Football League. Coaches have to be able to adjust. Executives always have to have the next guy on call. We'll see how those injuries affect these teams as they continue to go forward. All right. Number number three on our takeaway here. Hey, uh, apparently age, uh, just a number. Sometimes you just need a, a new scenery. 
Palmer hands off Peterson again up the middle, and he's got the first down and more, and Adrian Peterson's heading for the end zone. Touchdown, Cardinals. What a debut by all day. That's an epic call, by the way. They're nice, nicely done. Uh, Adrian Peterson had a huge game today, and I would say probably most of the country uh, didn't anticipate this. That is uh, the folks that didn't listen to the Move the Sticks podcast last Thursday were my partner, uh, I'd say you pretty much nailed it. This one, uh, Buck, take a listen to what you had to say last week. How about Adrian Peterson goes for 100 yards in his debut for the come Cardinals? On, come on, Buck. Come on, 100 yards. Like, is this, is this, a, is this uh, for the season, or are we talking about No, no, no. Right, right now against the Bucks, they give it to him 25 times. He goes for 100, puts a couple balls in the paint. He reignites the conversation about, man, this guy was the best running back that we've seen in the modern era. Maybe he does that. <laughs> wow! First of all, who is that smug partner that's with you on there? That's not that's not giving you your time of day here. You were way off. You said he would have 25 carries. He had 26. Uh, you said he'd have two touchdowns. He had two touchdowns. You said he'd have over 100 yards. He had 134 yards. Buck, that was a epic call by you, my friend. Nostradamus. <laughs> um, I think it's funny. I, I will say this. I was impressed by what I saw from Adrian Peterson. Um, he's not necessarily vintage or classic Adrian Peterson from Minnesota yesteryear, but he obviously is good enough to be an effective player. And what his presence did, it opened up the passing game because by the middle of the second quarter, I saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense flying up to any play fake to Adrian Peterson. That allowed Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, other guys to sneak past him for big plays. I don't think it's a coincidence that Larry Fitzgerald had 10 and another 130 yards when Adrian Peterson also had 100 yards. I think they go hand in hand, and I think it allowed Carson Palmer to be comfortable because he didn't have people just teeing off at him at nauseam. So they get back to the pad. Um, does Larry does Larry allow Adrian to come out of the pool house, maybe get some pizza or something uh, to celebrate this game? How does that work? Well, I think so. I think because you brought that up, like maybe he was like, good, 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 good boy, good boy, good job, good boy. <laughs> Good boy, get a treat. You want a treat, Adrian? <laughs> get a treat for Adrian. Yeah, I think so. By the way, Larry was the first uh, one that went over like, and celebrated with so him I too. I feel better about myself here, Buck. Just so I feel better about myself. Um, you, oh my gosh, if you had nailed this other one, because you had two ridiculous bold <laughs> predictions. <laughs> so you nailed the first one. The Jets. The second one. If you go back, let's go back and listen to that one, because you darn near got this one right too. The New York Jets will upset the New England Patriots. On Sunday, I don't, I don't know. Where's my? There. That's it. DJ has left the building. That's it. Your New York Jets has left will be building. in first place after the weekend. There you go, Buck. I I literally tossed my headset when you said that <laughs> and walked out of the studio. Come on, man! It was and a good match in this game. Uh, it's 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 fourteen fourteen at half, but it, golly, it was uh. Uh, it was a lot of stress there if you're a New England Patriot fan, and really kind of a goofy call that kept this from being a tie game on uh, ASJ Austin Safarian Jenkins kind of fumbling the ball or pseudo fumbling the ball as he's going in. It was a kind of a goofy call, but uh, man, it cost him a touchdown, or else uh, who knows how this thing ends. Yeah, who knows? The Jets played great. The Jets played great because they're a team that 
Uh, it's kind of a blue-collar team, a workman-like team. Offensively, they try and find a way to manufacture explosive plays. We saw Jeremy Curley make some plays. Jermaine Curse made a couple plays. Josh McCown was pretty good for most of the game. Their defense is young, but they're feisty. They're spry. Um, Ty Bowles, Mike McCannahan, they've done a good job of kind of finding enough pieces to allow them to be a competitive team. Who knows if they can sustain it? But I do know in the short term, this is a competitive team that you have to take seriously. And it's a team that I certainly didn't expect to be able to be this effective and productive early in the year based on their roster. Yeah, I, I fired off a tweet that says, Dear Jets, I'm sorry. That was it. It was very simple. It was, it was premature. It was a little They're premature. Better. <laughs> They're better. They've been a little bit better than uh, than I thought they would be this year. So my apologies. What's up next, Buck? Uh, let's see. Here we go. The Rams are for real with a balanced offense and emerging defense. Gerald Everett, the tight end, attached left. Goff is in the gun. He calls for Tavon on the fly motion. Bad snap. Inside. Pop pass. The tight end, Everett, has it, and he's got a touchdown. I mean. What do you think, Buck? I mean, th- this is something that you've been beating the drum. I think we do. We both picked ja- I know I picked Jacksonville. To win I picked Jacksonville, too. We both picked Jacksonville. Yeah, we both. Yeah, you did. And uh, we the both. Rams go on the road and get a big one. Hey, this is a big win for the Rams. And what it does, it kind of validates and confirms their arrival in the NFC West. To go on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars team that was kind of filling their – filling themselves, finding their oats. They had a, a team that really could challenge them because Leonard Fournette was one of the best running backs. They hadn't done a great job of stopping the run. But the Rams were impressive, and they did it with Ty Gurley leading the way, their defense playing pretty well. Jerry Goff was efficient, didn't have to put the ball up a lot. And as long as the Rams can stick to their formula, which is balanced play on offense and allowing the defense to create some short fields and some opportunities, they were going to have a chance to be there in the end. How about Connor Barwin? Four tackles for loss and a sack in this game. So he's uh, he's been a nice fit. He's so comfortable playing that Wade Phillips scheme. Uh, it's a good fit for him. And Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, we teased both those guys uh, coming into this game as kind of the the focal point to pay attention to, and uh, and both delivered. I mean, Gurley goes for buck sixteen. Fournette, seventy five yard touchdown. His first carry goes for a buck thirty. So uh, both those young backs, uh, they're the real deal. It'll be fun to watch them as they continue to grow and develop. The Jags still not good enough at quarterback, Buck. I don't think we're breaking news there. Took five sacks, did Blake Bortles. Uh, couldn't really get anything going. Uh, this is a this is a team that's got some some pieces on defense. They've uh, even though they're a little bit beat up, uh, skill positions are very impressive on offense. They just that's a that's a black hole for them at the quarterback spot. Black hole for them because they're trying to play around the quarterback, and it's hard to do when you don't have a quarterback, and you don't necessarily need to be a top shelf quarterback. But when you don't have a guy that is the middle of the pack or better. Every decision that you make on your football team is how can I kind of minimize his weaknesses and hide his deficiencies. And so with the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've done it by really leaning on Leonard Fournette. But there was a stretch there where Leonard Fournette could not gain yards, and they needed to be able to offset that with play-action passes, good throws down the field, loosen up the box so Fournette could get going. And Blake Bortles simply is not a good enough quarterback right now where he can attack all areas of the field. And so because of that, the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of hamstring when they play against really, really good teams. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, let's roll on to, to number five here on the takeaway list. This was kind of a, a goofy game to watch between Chicago and Baltimore, but I got to tell you, uh, Chicago has perfect imbalance. Trubisky from under center from his seven. Handoff Howard to the far left, and Howard runs into a Raven, rips right through an ankle tackle, bursts out the far left sideline, 35-40, 45-50, 45-40, and gets shouldered out of bounds in Baltimore territory. He was dead to rights. 
That was the huge run in overtime, set up the win for the Bears. Jordan Howard going for 167 yards. I say perfect in balance, Buck, because you hear teams say, oh, we want to be balanced 50-50. No, no, no. When you've got a rookie quarterback going up against a good defensive team, you do not want to be balanced. And in this case, this was a great example. The Bears find a way, go on the road, knock off the Baltimore Ravens. They ran the ball 54 times. They only threw it 17 times. And one of those pass attempts was from Tariq Cohen, the running back. You know, that's the way that you have to play. And the one thing I do know about Chicago, having worked for John Fox, he wants to run the ball. He believes the running game sets up everything. It allows your team to really protect the quarterback. It also helps your defense play better because they're not on the field as much as they normally would be. And it also creates an kind of an aura of toughness. And so for the Bears to run the ball 54 times and keep Trubisky under wraps, hold him to 16 pass attempts, that's exactly what the Bears want to do. That's how they want to play. And it resulted in a win. And if their special teams had played better, they would have won this game going away. So I think it's something that the Bears certainly can build on as they continue to move on in the season. I'm, uh, I'm just tallying up the numbers here for Joe Flacco here. Three. So this year he's got what is that right? Four touchdowns and two, four, six, seven, eight picks. Is that right? Has he got four touchdowns and eight picks this year? Uh, Goodness gracious. I mean that's not good. No, it's not good. And I think here here's the big issue with Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens. They have to figure out who they are and what they want to be. I know for the last few years they've been trying to build around Joe Flacco. He's the quarterback, he's a franchise quarterback. They paid him a ton of money. He won a Super Bowl. But he's really not really getting it done the last couple of years. So how do you take a guy that is a 20-plus million-dollar quarterback and kind of choke it down, bring it back, uh, scale back on what he's doing? I don't know, but I think you have to do it because right now his production doesn't equate to his compensation, and you can't win games with him being the driving force of the offense at this stage. Well, here's the one other thing before we move on to the next point. Rashad Perriman, he's got four more catches than Sully this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean uh, what do we got next here, Buck? What's wrong with the Oakland Raiders? Snap, hold, kick is up, and it is good. Chargers win. Chargers win. 17-16, they defeat the Raiders. First of all, just take a moment. And first of all, we need to run that call back again because I like listening to money call a game winner. Give me that one more time, Sully. Give me the full call Snap, on, that, on that one more time. Kick is up. And it is good. Chargers win. Chargers win. 17-16. They defeat the Raiders. Hey, Bucky, I don't know if you know this, but hey, if you didn't see that game, if you didn't get a chance to see all that game, hey, hey Sully, who won, who won that game uh, again? <laughs> Chargers win. <laughs> I could listen to that all day long. I'm good. One more time. One more time. Who won? Chargers win. Oh, I love money. That is the best. Uh, yeah, but we can get back to your point here, Buck. What the heck is wrong with the Raiders? Right now, the, the offense is underperforming. It's not the offense that we expected. Not that I expected Marshawn Lynch to come out and be a guy that was kind of churning out 100-yard games like the ATM machine, but I did think that he would be effective. He would give them a little more thump and pop in the run game, and that Derek Carr would serve as kind of like a nice compliment being able to push the ball down the field to the weapons. But what we're continuing to see, their weapons on the outside are not performing to the level that we expected. Amari Cooper, five catches, 28 yards. That's simply not enough production from a guy that is counted on to be your number one. Yeah, Crabtree came in, gave you a touchdown. He had 52 yards. Seth Roberts had 35. 
But we expect Amari Cooper to be great, to be dominant on the outside. And if he is unable to kind of produce to that level, it just makes it hard for the, the Raiders to move the ball down the field the way that they want to when it comes to the run and the pass. Yeah, it's, a, it's an enigma for me trying to figure them out. I knew they had some issues in the secondary, but, man, this has been about the offense not living up to, uh, to expectation with the pieces they have. Obviously, Derek Carr has been injured. Get him back. He knocked some rust off today. I think you'll see him play better uh, as we go along. But when you look at the other side for the Chargers, I've been going to training camp, but mentioned it. Hunter Henry was outstanding. I thought he'd be kind of a focal point for this offense and then was going several games without even getting a target. Now, all of a sudden, we're finally starting to see him get involved and uh, you see what he can do. Five catches, 90 yards, a big part of what they do. And, and really, when you look at it, Buck, you get Hunter Henry involved and, and money. Matt Money Smith's going to tell you what's going to happen. Chargers win! <laughs> Sully was a little tardy on that one. That's yeah. right, though. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was, I was writing stuff down. I, I, I got it, go. though. Yeah, yeah. I, I see you, we you, see you we, working multitasking back there. All right, uh, you asked what is wrong with the Raiders. Uh, we took our, our shot at answering that one. How about this one, number seven on the list? The New Orleans Saints, are they, uh, are they poised for a little bit of a, a run here? With time, is going to be hit and dropped in the end zone. He fumbled. For a touchdown as a he touchdown. fumbles the football and the Saints fall on it. They're still fighting for it at the bottom of the That's pile. But it looks like Kenny Vaccaro will come away with the football. How about that? The uh, the game was just a wild game. 52 to 38. The Saints able to hold off the Lions. They were up, they were up huge in this game. The Lions had a big comeback and then uh, came up a little bit short. But man, the, the Saints team, I don't know. They're tough for me to figure out, Buck. I don't know exactly what I'm gonna get with them. Now, who knows what you're gonna get because their defense is not consistent enough for you to kind of hang your hat on how they're going to play. But I will say this. If they're able to continue to be opportunistic and deliver the turnovers like they delivered today, oh, yeah, they can beat anybody. I mean, you see three interceptions that they walked away with, had a couple forced fumbles, um, did a really good job of taking care of business when they had those chances. And then offensively, they just continue to be very efficient. Uh, their running game, the emergence of their running game with Mark Ingram, 25-114, Alvin Kamara, 10 for 75, if you're the Saints and you're able to run the ball and get over 200 yards on the ground, you're playing the game the right way. You're playing the game much in the same vein that you played it when you won the Super Bowl not too long ago. Hey, and we got to be fair, too, because we've been uh, a couple guys that have been quick to praise, and rightfully so, the way Matt Stafford has played over the last year and a half. And this game, Buck, man, responsible for five turnovers, a couple fumbles, three picks, sacked five times, held the ball. Uh, you know, one of those fumbles results in a touchdown, literally kind of a lack of awareness down there in his own end zone. So uh, not, not Matt Stafford's best effort. They need to go ahead and get healthy up front, though, because he's uh, he's been under some pressure. And I, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him play like this in a long time. That was that was old. That was a young Matt Stafford we saw in that game today. Yeah, he didn't play at an MVP level. We're so used to seeing him kind of act as a one man show for the Lions. Didn't have his fastball today. Three interceptions, a couple fumbles, as you alluded to. Um, though they rang up a, a bunch of numbers, a lot of yards, it wasn't a nice performance for him. And when you're playing the New Orleans Saints, particularly down in their place, you got to bring your A game. I would say that he was probably B minus B, and that's not going to cut it when you're playing against a team that can put up 50-plus on you at any time. Yeah, no question. All right, uh, what's, uh, what's number eight on our list here, Buck? The Killer Bees get the Steelers back on track. Roethlisberger takes the snap, looks left, throws left, and it's deflected and caught! 
Brown's got it along the sidelines. Inside the 15, the 10, 5. Touchdown, Steelers. 51 yards. You know, I mean, we talked about the killer bees. We talked about Pittsburgh being a team that could be the best in the AFC. And what we saw today, we saw them begin to put the pieces of the puzzle back together. Le'Veon Bell was involved very, very early on. They ran the football. They were relentless and committed. That took some of the pressure off Ben Roethlisberger. And then on defense, they played the game in a little bit of different style than the way that it's shown. Plays on Derrick Alex Smith to find the open windows, and he couldn't. It worked out. So you can rest assured that you can see other teams try to attempt to take this cop this game plan, copy it when they play, when they play the Kansas City Chiefs. I tell you what, I'm finding a little bit of a pattern here with the with Le'Veon Bell. I'm looking at looking at his game logs here, Buck. Uh, let's start off the season. Ten carries. All right, first game, ten carries, only 32 yards. Come back, 27 carries, 87 yards. Next week, down to 15 carries, 61 yards. Next week, 35 carries for 144. Next week, 15 carries for 47. Following week. 32 carries for buck 79. So uh, it is in every other week in terms of loading him up. But man, they are, uh, they're not afraid. That's the second game this year. Two of the last three weeks, he's had 30 plus carries. Uh, not to mention in the game where he had 15 carries in between, sandwiched in between, he had 10 catches. Uh, so they're definitely getting the touches up and, and uh, putting Lev Bell to work. You can see uh, why you're running back. If you're running back's agent, you're saying, hey, let's hold out. Let's get paid. Let's get some money because, man, they are going to run him till the wheels fall off. Oh, absolutely. They are absolutely trying to run him into the wheels fall off, and they should. He is a running back. You don't expect those guys to have a long, extended shelf life, and they kind of have all the cards because with the franchise tag, they can use it again and retain his services and continue to keep him playing on these one-year deals. He has to be the monster that we saw today. But when you have a monster like that with so many carries, how long can you count on him to play at a high level? Are you uh... – I look, it's their first loss. They're the last undefeated team to, to fall here. The Kansas City Chiefs 5-1. and one. Uh, I, got, I got a text from somebody because, look, people are always going to be hesitant, even though Alex Smith is playing at a high level. I got a text from somebody in the league that said, hey, look, Alex Smith's playing great, but let's see what happens when it gets nice and cold in the postseason and he's got to go beat you know, an elite quarterback in bad weather. We'll see if he's, if he's up to the challenge. I have my doubts. Um, this is obviously was not a terrible weather game. It's very early in the season, but this this was before this game, by the way. But this kind of that's kind of what people are just okay. That's the one sticking point I think with this Chiefs team. People are still saying, I know Alex Smith's playing great, but there's a but in there, you know. But is he going to be able to do it uh, when the windows get tighter, the weather gets bad, and you need some big time big boy throws? Is he going to be able to get that done? I mean, that's the thing. The jury's still out on Alex Smith being a guy that can be a top five, maybe even a top ten quarterback. What I like about Alex Smith is he's efficient, he's effective, he's athletic, he can make things happen on the move. Um, he's a low-risk player, meaning he's not going to turn the ball over a lot. And so most of the time, coaches can win with those kind of guys. When you don't have an upper echelon or an elite quarterback, we talk about the Rodgers, the Bradys, um, some of the other guys, then you have to find a way to build up the rest of your team so you can play complimentary football. I think there's certainly – good enough to kind of be able to figure it out with Alex Smith under center because I think he's top 10 top 12 quarterback there you go there you have it let's uh, let's get we got a couple more left here number nine on the list this uh this Washington Redskins offense a little different a little revamped but pretty darn effective dozens in the shotgun inside give no keeps it on the option Kirk at the five and he is in Kirk Cousins touchdown 
we were we were talking about this game uh, while it was rolling. We we're doing uh, Game Day Live, the show on NFL Network, uh, which is fun. It's a lot of fun doing that show, sitting with you there, Buck. But uh, you brought up the point, and that's one of the reasons we want to hit this in our takeaways today or tonight. It was because uh, you think this has been a little bit of adjustment how they're running this offense there in Washington. Yeah, it has been an absolute adjustment with how they're running this offense in Washington. Uh, last year when they had Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson, they threw the ball down the field more. They really worked the edges, threw the ball outside the numbers. What I'm seeing now when I look at the Redskins is about the running backs and the tight end. When you look at three of the four – um, top pass catchers from today. Thompson, four receptions. Vernon Davis, three receptions. Jordan Reed, four receptions. Uh, shoot, I didn't even conclude. P. Ryan, three receptions. So three or four, four of their top five guys were either tight ends or running backs. Kirk Cousins is using those guys to be the matchup nightmare, the headaches, taking advantage of them, and not even worrying about throwing the ball outside to the talented, against the talented corners. Yeah, Kirk put up uh, put up some good numbers too. Three thirty-two touches and a pick. Forty Niners are in every game. I mean, it's it sounds weird to say, but if you looked at it, we've got the Forty Niners without a win, zero and six. You got the Browns without a win right now. But when you watch these two teams play, Buck, I see one competitive team that's scratching and fighting and close and almost there, just not getting it done. And I see a team in Cleveland. We've seen just get throttled and thrashed like they did today. Deshaun Watson putting on a show against them, but doesn't feel like they're the same level in terms of where they are in their progression and trying to rebuild. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Look, Niners 0-6, but their losses were by 3-3-2-3-2. So, yeah, close they're right there. Yeah, I mean, really, really, really close. Uh, five games where they lost by under one score. It kind of continues to be a trend for them. I will say you're correcting your assessment. I do believe the 49ers uh, play a little harder, have a little more talent um, than the Browns. But I think the big issue with the Browns, and I know you've talked repeatedly about the coaching staff, I think at some point you have to cast your eye upstairs and you have to look at the job with Sashi Brown and Paul DePodesta and think about what have they done in terms of parlaying the uh, riches that they've kind of acquired in the draft, have they turned those guys into players? And if they don't have the ability to turn those picks into blue-chip players, then you have to think about moving on, finding someone who could, who can take those opportunities and help build a competitive roster. Because when I look at their roster, they're simply not even in the class of some of the middle teams to give themselves an opportunity to be competitive and win some of these games. All right, let's just play real quick before we get to the uh, to the last one here. I got the Chargers schedule. Uh, win, yes. Loss, uh, no. Or you can say maybe. So if it's a win, say yes. If it's not a win, say no. You ready? Yep. They got Titans at home. <sighs> you can just say win or loss. Just say win or loss, Buck. Uh, let's go loss. Uh, Vikings at home. Loss. Oh, sorry. Vikings in London, I believe, because it's an early morning game. Oof. Loss. At the Lions. I'm going to give them a win. It's a win at the Lions. I'm going to give them a win. I'm going to give them a win. They have to win somewhere. They can't go over. Jags, Jags at home. Uh, I think they'll lose to the Jags. Okay. At the Bengals. Mm. Loss at Cincinnati. All right. At the Chargers. Before you answer that, what does Matt Money Smith think? Chargers win! <laughs> This 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 funny. I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Browns in that they beat them last year. 
That's right, one team that wins. So, that's so, so, so uh, that, that's two. Brett Hundley, the fighting Brett Hundleys. <laughs> they lose to the Packers. All right. Uh, Ravens at home. Ooh. Ravens. At the Bears on the Christmas Eve. Mm, you know what? Santa's typically nice. I'm going to go with them over the Bears. On the road on Christmas Eve? That's three wins for Come the on, Brownies. Three. All right, finish it up at the Steelers. Oh, that's a loss. All right, so you got them three and thirteen. I think they would they would love three and thirteen the way things look right now. I'm going to take the under on that one uh, because I know look there's some some iffy ones in there, but I know when they face the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers win. Gosh, Sully, you're so tardy on come that on. thing. Hey, right, that, was, that was like a half second, like not even a half second late. <laughs> a good come four on, seconds. On. A good four come seconds. On. Four, on that uh, one. Four, uh, four seconds. Doubt that. <laughs> that's okay if in in a in a battle of uh trying to time your drops between the chargers and sully <laughs> do what See? you wanted it again oh my god chargers oh, win come on sully. it's late it's sully. 10 o'clock come on you gotta pay attention but i was gotta, paying attention i didn't you know he was wanting it again you get, you get in a battle Here. one more time chargers win all right. Okay. There we go. All right. Cool. Let's uh, let's get to the last one here. here the last this one's pretty simple here, Buck. Uh, the last one on the list, of the the Atlanta Falcons. They can't finish. That's where he is to the left side. Hooper to the right. Ryan the snap. Here comes Miami. He'll cut it loose for Hooper. It's deflected and intercepted by Jones. Rashad Jones on a collision with Tankersley. It looked like on a ball intended for Hooper. We talk about needing a closer. You know, look, Vic Beasley. Not playing for that football team. He can kind of be their Mariano Rivera and be their closer, but they have got to find a way to put teams away that haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> no, nah, they haven't figured it out. For whatever reason, they haven't been able to close games out. This is a team that ran out to a 17-0 lead on the Dolphins, were having their way, running the ball, throwing it all over the yard, and then all of a sudden came to a screeching halt. And I just can't understand why they can't put it to bed. It's something that they need to address. I'm sure they talked about not necessarily looking at the tape from last year, but at some point you have to learn how to have the killer instinct. Right now, the Falcons don't have the killer instinct. It's going to continue to plague them. Yeah, just their loss against the Buffalo Bills, 17-17 game uh, in the fourth quarter, you know, seven minutes to go. you got to find a way to finish that game. They give up two scores, two field goals there, lose 23-17, then they come back and they dropped this game. So they lost two in a row here, games where they haven't been able to get it done in the fourth quarter. So a little disappointment there with the Atlanta Falcons. Well, some injuries get, we talked about on the defensive side of the ball. Get Vic Beasley back also. Uh, missing Mohamed Sanu in this one. Not not a real reason to panic here, but you got to see them finish a little bit better. Not to, mention, not to mention next week at the Patriots, that's going to be a fun one. That Not only that, but not to mention they, they could have easily lost another couple games. Bears had the ball, you know, First and goal and to, to win the game to walk them off, too. But, yeah, uh, not getting any easier for the Falcons. No, they got to be a little bit better there. Buck, I think, we're, I think we're done. I wouldn't mind hearing Matt Money-Smith just one more time before we wrap it up. Chargers win! Okay, that's, that's it. I'm good. Thanks, Matt. Uh, anything else you want to add here, Buck, before we jump out of here? You know, I, th- I think the one thing that I do want to add, we talked about Cleveland, how many wins they could get. I think they have been um, – really a big example of what happens when you don't manage the quarterback situation correctly. Um, regardless of whether they picked the right guy, they decided that they wanted to go with Deshaun Kaiser. They threw him out there before he's ready. They pull him, put Kevin Hogan in. He doesn't play. So now you're kind of stuck all over again. And I think this is a team that certainly could have played their cards right. 
They had Brock Osweiler. I'm not saying he was a savior, but he certainly could have been a guy that could have been the bridge for the first couple weeks to allow Deshaun Kaiser to get up there because we know the guys after Kaiser aren't necessarily franchise guys. Need somebody to eat some innings. I mean, to steal a baseball phrase there, just eat some innings until Deshaun Kaiser is ready to go out there. And unfortunately, they threw him out there. It didn't work out well, and now they're in a they're in a mess. Let's be honest, they're in a mess. There's reports out there, like you said, could be looking for a new personnel executive. Good news is, whoever comes in there, you've got a boatload of picks they've acquired <laughs> for you. So you have uh, you'll have uh, some fun in this upcoming draft. I yeah, can tell you that much, but you better find a quarterback. You got a lot of picks. All right, that's uh, that's gonna do it for us here. Fun takeaway pod. Uh, you guys listen to this on a Monday morning, more than likely, unless some of you stayed up for this to get released late on Sunday night. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Do us a favor. Leave us a, leave us a review on iTunes or let us know uh, what you like, what we can do better. And uh, we'll, we'll keep putting these together for you. Three a week. Sunday night, Tuesday, Thursday. The Sunday, obviously, most of you catch that on Monday. So try and put a lot of good stuff out there. Some, some bold predictions that Bucky made. Uh, pretty darn good. I'll try and step my game up for this week, Buck. I gotta, I gotta get back in the mix. Oh, Dare I say, uh, Buckster Damas? Ooh, very nice, very nicely <laughs> done, very nicely done. So let's just, just, just get your uh, response up time a little bit, a little bit closer. Hey, I nailed, I nailed, I nailed every one but that Chargers twice. Nailed, yeah. nailed the rest one, of them. What, but I'll, but one I'll, more chance. I'll one take more a chance. I'll one take a lap. Yeah, yeah. Chargers win. Yeah. Okay, that's nailed gonna it. do it for us. Hey, this has been Move the Sticks presented by the Ford F Series. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.